previously on the Aaron and Marissa podcast. Finally, I found both the good Marissa and the evil Marissa from another dimension. And just in time, if the two of you exist in the same universe for much longer, the very fabric of reality will fall apart. You know what you need to do? Shoot the evil ones so the universe will be saved. <laughs> she's right. Shoot her. What? Aaron, you know that she's the evil one, right? I, I'm not sure. She has a handlebar mustache. Since when have I ever had a mustache? I don't know. I never really paid attention. We haven't much time, so I volunteer to sacrifice myself to save the universe. Please, shoot me. Hmm. Only the good Marissa would be so selfless as to give her own life to save others. That must mean that the evil Marissa is... <laughs> We're ready to heed the call at any I'm Marissa Robert Cup. And today we have a very special um, episode of the Aaron and Marissa podcast, uh, even though our first episode was also called a very special episode. This is a, a very special But not that kind of very episode. special episode. No, ne- neither one of us got AIDS or, <laughs> or uh, had a drug problem. Yeah. Um, I did get addicted to caffeine pills, but I was able to kick that by the end of the episode. He was so excited <laughs> and so scared at the same time. And these people who you hear laughing, these are our first ever guests on the podcast. Um, We'd like to welcome to the podcast Suzanne and Ordo from The Courtesan and The Cabin Boy. Hello. Hello. Guess guess which one of us is The Cabin Boy? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Clearly it's Suzanne. (laughs) So you guys are a uh, music duo. Yes. And uh, what what can you tell us about uh, your group? Um, we formed the Cortisone and the Cabin Boy to explore fun through music. Yes. And nice. that's very specifically worded so that we didn't pigeonhole ourselves in any particular genre of music or anything like that so that we can branch out and do whatever it is we want. And we don't have to only be, say, a Ren Fair group or a group that does sci-fi stuff or just weddings and covers and things like that. Really, it's just an excuse to get drunk and play music. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> awesome. We, we started out as, uh, well, she has experience doing Renaissance things. I have, an, I have experience doing Renaissance things. but And that's primarily where a lot of our material comes from. But we have stuff that's not period, and we do all sorts of events, not just Renaissance fairs, but mm-hmm. like science fiction conventions, weddings, private parties, bar mitzvahs. We'll even do your bachelor party. Yeah, we hey. we actually even wrote music <laughs> specific to a theme for a party, um, just because they wanted something that was going to be interesting and fun. So nice, nice. nice. So bachelor Very parties. Cool. So if I hire you for my bachelor <laughs> party, like you'll both be stripping. Yeah. No yeah. Idea. All no right. Questions about this. Woo! His legs are cool. much better than mine, <laughs> and actually, his ass is much cuter than mine too. <laughs> ah, okay. <laughs> Good to know. So, um, with the, the name of the group, where did that come from? Um, actually, it started off with Ordo because he would introduce himself and say, "I'm an Asian cabin boy at your service," and uh, yeah, I think I, I'm, I'm I'm actually in the navy, so. <laughs> 
I'm a Navy reservist, so yeah, I, I am indeed. Well, I mean, it's not my actual job in the Navy, but yeah, I am pretty much close to a, an Asian cabin boy. Mm-hmm. Nice, mm-hmm. nice. Well, you know, considering you're constantly offering your services oh, as yes. an Asian cabin oh, boy yes. to anybody who's willing to partake. Um, but yeah, I think part of, I'm trying to remember exactly why we came up with the courtesan. Um, probably because I'm a bit of a slut. Yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> That cool. was that was reason awesome. for that. You, you may be you may be a slut, but you're my yes. slut. Yes. All right. <laughs> we're very, good. We're very sex positive. Yes. Nice. Nice. Indeed. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and and the thing is, uh, with the uh, the courtesan and the cabin boy, I actually did a lot of research on courtesans for the period when you're talking about Renaissance fairs and stuff like that, and they were actually very respectful within the aristocracy and the nobility. Um, yeah, they actually held positions of power. A lot of times they were even married and still worked as courtesans. And it was cool. considered a position of respect uh, to the husband of the courtesan as well because these women were very well read. They usually spoke multiple languages. Uh, they were most known for their poetry, um, but others also for their uh, music ability and things like that as well. And yeah, they're lovers. So, you know, it's mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's like they were probably the most accepted um, companions that you could have. I mean, very, it very would be similar an insult to, to call them a prostitute. Very similar to Japan's geishas. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Specifically, that's sounding to me like uh, an oiran, which is, uh, I believe, basically the Japanese equivalent of a courtesan. Mm hmm. Um, but it kind of think I think it kind of overlaps with geisha. But yeah. I'm sure. But if some if I'm wrong, please someone correct me in in the comments. I I don't know. Everything I know about Japan came from anime. All right then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and my um my research into the subject actually I was very very focused on like mostly European, but it wasn't uncommon for a courtesan to be able to travel more, just because of who they were. And the fact that they knew multiple languages and things mm-hmm. like that. They made for good companions for merchants as well as uh, nobility that traveled. And uh, the backstory behind my character is that I'm I'm not, I'm the cabin boy, except I'm not a cabin boy. My character is uh, a bosun. My character's name is uh, Bosun Orlando de Katzer. And the way that you remember that is you repeat it over and over again. Bosun Katzer, Bosun Katzer, Bosun Katzer. <laughs> Anywho, um, yeah. so she's traveling the world. Um, what is it th- that uh, your, your master who owned the ship that you served upon, he was one of my clientele as a courtesan. And, and, and yes. so she's going about traveling the world and I'm essentially her bodyguard. Yes. And but she's uh, suffering under the delusion that I'm not a bosun. I'm her cabin boy. Well, because, <laughs> you know, my client told me that he was gifting me this servant as we were <laughs> and her client my master told me you watch out for her you make sure nothing happens to her mm-hmm. that is interesting so this, nice. this sounds very theatrical like yes. you, ha- you have characters with backstories yes, and, yes mm-hmm. and we don't just play music we actually perform a show we yes. have bits that we do during the show that help lend to our backstory and one of the things that um you see through the course of the show is that you know uh, Belle Weathers, the courtesan, she's eh, a little bit up there in years, you know, probably past the absolute prime for courtesan age. So she's looking to retire, which retire means find herself a wealthy noble and get married and be all right and happy. Um, 
problem being, having traveled so far with uh, Bose and Katzer, they've kind of fallen in love. Yes. And uh-huh. that is really not good for her because he is well below her station. Oh, yes. Uh-huh. I'm just I'm just a dirty sailor. Yeah. <laughs> well below her and, station. And that, that's actually kind of what we've made the song uh, Black is the Color about. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. All right. Well, let's let's hear that song. All right. Here okay. it is. Uh, the Black is the Color performed uh, earlier. Um, they performed several songs for us, which we recorded. And now we're going to hear one of them. Black is the Color performed by the Courtesan and the Cabin Boy. Woo! The color of my true love's hair His lips are like some roses fair He's the sweetest smile And the gentlest hand I love the ground Where on he stands Shout! 
the color of my true love's hair. His lips are like some roses fair. He's the sweetest smile and the gentlest hands. I love the ground where the ground whereon he stands. All right, so that was Black is the Color, performed here in the podcast studio, which really is a studio because it's a studio apartment, <laughs> uh, by uh, Suzanne Anordo from The Courtesan and the Cabin Boy. So what can you uh, what can you tell us about that song? It's actually an old Irish song. Um, it is uh, not quite Renaissance. It's a little bit after, mm-hmm. but we have actually uh, adapted it, modified it, added a verse to it. The verse about uh, I kiss my love, that's actually one we wrote. It's not original to the piece. Okay, cool. Um, the original verse, yeah. The, <laughs> the original verse was I go to Clyde and to mourn and weep. And I'm like, it's like who glide is i'll never figure out (laughs) (laughs) no but i didn't like that and i wanted to keep it more of a a positive thing at first when we first sang it there were more down lyrics to it Mm -hmm. the first verse of it's like uh you know where it says i love the ground whereon he goes and original lyrics were ne'er shall there be a day to come when he and i might be as one so she was lamenting the fact that they can't be together in the original. But in the version that we played for you is actually the more I'm embracing this. And yes, it's all about love and hearts and flowers and blah, blah, blah. Cool. So did you change it to fit into the story of your two characters? Then? A little bit. I mean, actually, it's designed so that we can sing both. Mm-hmm. And it would be a progression depending on how many sets we have per day. Nice. So that not all of our sets would be the same, but you could see the progression from the I'm sad that I can't have him to the uh, fuck it, I'm going to have him. So Nice. Cool. <laughs> nice. Of course, we can't say fuck it because usually those are like family shows. Yeah. So. <laughs> well, luckily, this isn't a family show. No. So you can, uh, yeah, you can say whatever you want. Woo! Um, Words. So Marissa and I, several months ago, yeah. we were on the bus and Marissa spotted this ad. And it seems kind of normal on the surface. So on the left here, it says, do you or your child suffered from moderate to severe acne? So, you know, it's like a medical study, whatever. Mm -hmm. ICCT Research International Chicago is conducting a research study of an investigational medication for moderate to severe acne. Now, here's where it gets interesting. Qualifications include adults or children at least nine years old. I don't know anyone who had acne at nine, but, you know, maybe they exist. Uh, You must have at least 20 red irritated pimples combined with at least 25 whiteheads or blackheads. So already that's that's sounding 45 spots on your face. That's 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 moderate. Yeah, that's what I consider moderate. Now, here's the thing. I probably have like 25 blackheads on my nose alone. (laughs) All right, so I can see how that happens. I don't see Um, that. Well, you can't see it because my pores are small. Uh No, trust me, all over. (laughs) 
Yeah, I okay. Still I was too. I was also gonna put out that neither. Well, this I don't know. Uh-huh. I've never had acne. Uh, Aaron, have you ever had acne? I still have acne, but it's oh. on my shoulders. Okay. So you can't see it now, but you uh, have back knee. I have shoulder knee. I guess <laughs> half knee. Because it's he like has a half knee. It's half on the knee. sides of my shoulders, which oh, okay. doesn't work out well for me because I'm a side sleeper. Ew. So like I sleep on my side. That's like, actually oh, why that you probably have it. I better roll over to the other side, but then there's a pimple on that side too, and it's like, oh, that hurts too. Oh. Yeah. Um. So anyway, their idea of moderate but, sounds pretty severe. But then it says uh-huh. no more than two large hard bumps on the face. Right. So, so if you have three large, you're out. Yeah, that's sure. too so severe for them. It was pretty weird. They're, they're, but I mean, is there a minimum requirement of large bumps? It, it doesn't say, but it says it no more It just says more no than more two. than two. So I think you can ha- you can have zero large bumps but like what and you'll be fine. What is the definition <laughs> of the severe? Because that sounds pretty severe to me. Okay, well, like I had a like big old nasty one over here on my cheek. It's uh-huh. like I'm, I'm terrible. It's like I can't handle having pimples in my yeah, face. Yeah, same. They come out. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's like if I didn't actually do anything like that, yeah. I would probably qualify for this study. Oh. <laughs> because I'm like, but it's like the second I see someone, I'm like, I, you, I have a Do you have pit. at least 20 I have red irritated steel. spots though? No. At the moment, no. Okay, okay. well, then you don't but qualify. Because I picked them all out. Oh, oh yeah. I, I don't know. I'm very... I have a kit. I no, no, no joke. I have a stainless steel kit that has, like, wires and spatulas and, like, a pokey thing to, like, actually rupture it. Oh, like, yeah, I've seen those. Such yeah. are the requirements of being a woman in this day and age. Exactly. I probably and it's like, need one. <laughs> Amazon. Okay. <laughs> but, you know, that's the thing. It's like, I look at this and I'm like going... You know, I am not a, you know, spring chicken over here. And I'm like, you know, they told me at once a point in time, they're like, oh, no, no, you're, you're, you don't have any bad acne. Are you kidding me? I'm like, it's like, okay, granted, I can, I can be very vain because I am also an actress. And so it's like my face, you know, can be uh, like up in a big picture or on film, mm-hmm. things like that. Yeah. So I am exceptionally conscious. Yeah, she she yeah. hates being she hates being photographed without makeup. I know. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> like yeah, I've never had acne, and uh, when I started working at my current job around chocolate, uh, I started to get a little bit of breakouts to the point where I thought I was getting adult acne, oh, and I wasn't. But yeah, no, I've never had acne. So, but to me, that just the numbers that they use just sound crazy excessive. <laughs> I don't well, know. I mean, I suppose if it's something that you lived with all your life, because I, I can recall when, I've had when I was a... like my whole life. Oh, you I mean, bitch. I've had pimples. <laughs> I mean, I get like maybe one or two pimples on my face every I mean, once in a while, but. And it's not like I was like constant pizza face myself. I it was usually any... only around that time, yeah. you know, when they if like I all just If I get any go, more than that, I freak out. And I go nuts. Yeah. Well, and well, I mean, I've met people who have, like, I don't know if it's that bad because I didn't sit there and count the, the spots on their face, but <laughs> I've seen people who have had it pretty bad. Oh. And, and I mean, I mean, we're I not trying to say anything bad no, about people no. with acne. Okay, no, no, well, no. I am. They're terrible people. Oh, fuck you. <laughs> no, them up like, and put like, them in camps. <laughs> yes. Jesus. Oh, Jesus. When, when I was a teenager, it's like, I remember one time, and it's odd that I happen to remember this. Mm-hmm. I remember, like, on one cheek, I counted like 15 zits that came out my like sister the week before. had horrible and I was like, acne oh my god and she would get Drove it worse because she would just rub makeup into her no uh, no no zits no, no, no. and i mean that's the thing i, I, I very did. rarely wear base mm-hmm. specifically for that reason it's like mm-hmm. I'll, I'll wear eye makeup lip makeup mm-hmm. but i don't 
like to wear base on a regular basis yeah. because of the fact that it'll clog it up. Yep. And then when I do wear it, like for when we have shows and stuff like yes. that, mm-hmm. I actually have like the high end minerals nice. that I wear. Mm-hmm. And I just kick that shit on. So nice. it's, like, it's like, it's the equivalent of actual stage makeup. It's mm-hmm. just the really high end expensive shit that's not going to make me go. Good plan. <laughs> Yeah, if you're going to wear makeup, spend the money and get the decent stuff. Yeah. Yes, and I agree with that. I, I typically, I personally <laughs> don't typically wear makeup unless it's for like a, a show or special occasion. So I don't wear it every day. But okay. No, no guideline. So, all right. I'm just reading the end of this. It's like, yeah. okay, qualifications. Uh, participants. Qualifications participants will receive. Oh, wow. oh my <laughs> God. You didn't even notice that. that. <laughs> And I have a degree in English and I'm a grammar Nazi. I should have noticed <laughs> that. Study medication study. and study care at no cost. Uh, you, you may, may receive, receive compensation, compensation for your time. time. Yeah. Which so, implies you may not also. Which also means they may or may not even fuck up your face worse and you may not even get Well, and, and that the, the funny thing is that if they give you medication, um, bl- blind control, uh, blind Blind, double, blind uh, double blind studies yeah. have control groups. Yep. So they literally could be giving you sugar pills. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yep. But then, but then the funny thing is that that <laughs> they've they've noticed the placebo effect, where people think they're getting medication that makes them well, and then it just starts clearing up, or they start getting better, or they go into remission, or what have you, and they've been giving placebos. Yeah. So if you see sugar pills go on the market as an acne treatment, you can thank ICCT Research for discovering their yes. therapeutic benefits. So, so what you're saying is the pills are like Sinbad. He may or may not make you better. Like he may or may not have been in Shazam yes. as right. a genie. And on the right side of the ad here, you can't see it well in this photo, Yeah. Uh, but there is a, a model. and They definitely did not have any enough acne on their face to qualify yeah, for I the study. I don't think well, she did, I'm but she did have some acne. I'm surprised you didn't just Photoshop it in. This is a one, two, three, four, five, six. I can't really tell. I mean, like... It, the, the, She's got 14 red dots that I can count on her forehead, and there's still a pole in the bus. That, wow, you counted those through. fast. Wow. That, yeah. that might be the quality of the picture. Yeah, it, a lot of those No, are... I'll guarantee you that that's going to be something. They, otherwise, it would have been smooth and matte. Gotcha. She didn't really look like she would have qualified for the study, though. Well, chances are that's enhanced with makeup as well, anyway, oh. to make it look like she has zits. I'm pretty sure it was, yeah. <laughs> now, course. what I was wondering is, just as there are sort of niche model professions of hand model, foot model, etc., mm-hmm. is there such a profession as acne model? I, I remember um, hearing about, uh, or, uh, I can't remember where I saw it, somewhere on the internet, of course. Yeah, that internet. people, like, for medical students, they need somebody to, like, that uh, to present symptoms so that the medical students can diagnose them. Actually, I've seen lots of calls Actually, for, that th- for think actors that, yeah, specifically. I think they did a Seinfeld episode on that. Mm-hmm. And um, But yeah, there, there are people who literally like fake a disease for the purpose of letting medical students diagnose I, them. I actually auditioned to do that once. Really? <laughs> yes, at Northwestern. Oh. Like they literally just have you go into like a regular medical room. They give you like uh, this is what the disease symptoms mm-hmm. are like so that you can be like, okay, so now you have to maybe not exactly say what's on the sheet, but like you have to present. Like some if, so, it, if yeah. somebody like pushes on your stomach and then you're like, mm. ah, you know, 
that kind of a thing. I, it's like, and it was a friend of mine who is also an actor who had given me the like, yeah, they're looking for people. So it's like, there are actually some actors who kind of make their living. It's like, cause you know, the arts don't pay shit, mm-hmm. <laughs> but you know, it's like, they're doing like an evening show that gives them a stipend or something like that. So they actually have real acting. They do stuff like play, you know, play acting as patients to train doctors oh, wow. so that they are better at their one-on-one interpersonal with their patients when they're in, uh, you know, not in an ER setting, but in a mm-hmm. regular office setting. Yeah. So I'm wondering now, wow. are there any famous actors who got their starts as disease actors or whatever you call I that? Know, I, I, we need to look it up. That's what the internet <laughs> oh, is for. Man, yeah. Off the top of my head, I don't know of any. That Not that I'm aware of, no. Uh. <laughs> but like, you know, everybody yes. gets their start somewhere. So does that, and did you say that has a name? Uh, yeah, it does, but it's escaping me at the moment. I'm trying to say uh, uh, medical. Uh, I want to say it's a... a medical practice actors you know it's like basically it's so that they have doctors have the ability to practice recognizing symptoms on patients i wonder if medical practice actors ever get typecast into certain diseases that, that's literally what that episode of seinfeld was about oh wow that, that, that kramer was uh, um he, he kept portraying syphilis really well because he was, <laughs> he was talking about like the many nights he had spent with many loose women and you know he's talking about like like it, it's the it had a whole backstory and everything and then and then uh, he goes to the next session and they give him syphilis again and he's angry about it because he's being typecast. Nice. That sounds like a good episode. I should I should watch that. So when I searched it, all I could find were like lists of top 10 celebrities who went to medical school and then Wilford Brimley's Wikipedia page. <laughs> diabetes. Was, so did maybe, he act about having diabetes before he had diabetes? Maybe he's a method actor. Maybe he doesn't actually have diabetes. Oh, he definitely but does. He, but he got so far into the character that he just stayed in character for the rest of his life. And that gave him diabetes? And well, no, he doesn't have it. He just he does have it. He's just in character as someone who has it. He's in character as diabetes having Wilfred Brimley, and that's that's (laughs) just because he has the physical embodiment of diabetes. Is that what you're saying? He's just that good of an actor. Pretty okay. Now I I I just found an article from the Village Voice Uh dated August. 31st of 2016. Oh, happy birthday! Called yes. Happy 34th birthday to me. No, 35th, because I'm still not 36. Go ahead. One of those. All right. So anyway, it's talking about playing sick, how actors are making better doctors. And this goes specifically into um, it's Friday and I'm splayed out on an exam table at Bellevue Hospital, an oxygen tube in my nose and an IV line taped to my arm, having a heart attack every 20 minutes. And that's so that's the kind of thing the actors do. They like act out what the physicality would be of a person going through different kinds of medical issues so that doctors can learn how to deal with it rather than just have to wait till they're faced with it in real life. Wow, that is fascinating. I wonder how much that gig pays. Um, It's actually pretty good, if I remember. It's like, I think you could get, uh, it's like, it was something like uh, somewhere between 20 and 25 bucks an hour. Nice. And that was over 15 years ago. Oh, wow. Yeah. So it's probably more now. I bet that's a hard thing to get into, though. I bet it's a tight-knit group of people who don't let in outsiders. 
Well, I mean, like I said, I knew a friend who was doing it, and that's how I heard about it and actually got the audition. They didn't wind up selecting me. Uh, so it's mm. like, you know, it really just depends on no, what No, you seem too healthy. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I'm too pretty to be sick. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it's like... Uh, the standardized patient concept is about 50 years old, is what it's So I guess it's ah. standardized patients is what they call it. Interesting. Now, if the person... According to this article. The person who's acting is actually sick with something different. Are they supposed to hide that and pretend that's not going on? I don't think so. Or I wonder they, if... No, typically they look for people who are healthy. Okay. So it's like so that they're not going to wind up accidentally exacerbating some other situation. Like, I can't come to work today. I'm sick. <laughs> really test your acting skills. Or like if they, I've done that. Uh, yeah. If they're as long as they're there, they say, <laughs> you know, we all? Yeah. Okay. Now, now that I'm done, you know, doing the fake illness, as long as I'm here with the medical like, people, I got this rash. could you take a look at? Uh, yeah. It's like like it's kind of like like I, I tried putting some cream on it, but. You could hook a brother up. It's like, I'm helping you learn, man. Ungent. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so let's take a look at the second ad we have here. Uh I spotted this the other day when I was walking around in Lakeview. Yeah, um, I've seen it too. Marissa, how about let's uh, have you read uh, read this one. Philly fries, known in Philly as blank fries. And when she said Very blank, incredible. it's just a, a black rectangle where a word redacted. used to be. Yes, yeah. it looks it, like something a, was It's redacted. black gorilla tape over whatever had been printed there is yes. what it is. I've walked by this too and like I keep thinking like like what do they call them in Philly? Here's the thing that bugs me about this. I looked at this and was like, okay, so they got what looks like a big thing of seasoned fries and then like the inset picture looks <laughs> like somebody onion? spooged all over it. It looks like so it's like it's like an eighties music video where the band and then there's a hot lady and the hot lady and the band are nowhere near each other. This is definitely <laughs> those those onions are nowhere near those fucking fries. <laughs> like, oh my God. There's it's onions? the same. There's onions on there. This, this is the place on Belmont, right? They're onions. It, it, it looks maybe, like onions. Maybe I, it's or is it around here? It's, it, it was in it, Lakeview, it so it may be on like Belmont. Some kind of white oh, creamy oh, cheese. Now here, I've got a bigger it. picture. Now Take that a look at it. Now that, oh my know. god, I, I, it is it isn't onions. Yeah, it is it's, no, it, it's like something like I said, it looks like, like you cut got off. fries and then mm. fries that have been spooged on with a little bit of green garnish. Okay, yeah, those do look <laughs> more spoogy. So when I walked <laughs> by this, I had a few different thoughts. <laughs> because it almost just kind of reads as Philly fries, known in Philly as fries. Which would make sense because they would be redundant if you're in that city to apply the name of that city to the kind of fries you normally eat. Yes. Here in Brazil, we just call them nuts. Like hot dogs. (laughs) Yeah. Hot dogs are different everywhere you go. It's hot here. We just call them dogs. Yeah. Right. So no, was, I mean, it, it looks like they probably use like the white cream sauce that they use on a Philly steak and cheese. Oh, that is probably delicious. what's all over that. Yeah. Pro- probably. Hopefully. I hope Hopefully. so. <laughs> I hope so. Yeah. They look amazing. I, I, wanted, good, I, I, I remember walking by that sign and thinking like, I really want to know what's under that tape. <laughs> Why didn't you rip what it off? Well, <laughs> I, I, I wasn't that brave. I oh, that's it. fair. Yeah. <laughs> I had places to be as well. I said, well, whatever it is, it's probably about Five letters long, look, judging by the length of the tape and how big Depending fries on the is next to it. Well, it is an impact font, so yes. you know. Yeah. 
So since then, I actually have found out what it, what it was supposed to say, and I, w- I will get to that. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. Oh, oh, oh drop in the knowledge bomb. Done, done, done. <laughs> be solved. But my first thoughts when I saw this, well, that was my first thought, is that people from Philadelphia would come in there and say, hey, hey, we don't call them what it says on your sign outside. We just call them fries. <laughs> and they got tired of people coming in and saying that, so they just put tape over the word they had. Mm-hmm. and uh, Incredibly lazy. And, and to correct it, my... Second thought was that it said something offensive. Ooh. Like, does it say fuck fries? Is <laughs> oh, that what they call them in Philadelphia? Oh yeah, I want some fuck fries. Like, uh, like I, it's like honest to god, I could think it's like cream fries. Jesus <laughs> <laughs> fries. I'm thinking of baby, cream pies. Baby. Cream pies, cream fries. Yeah, sure. <laughs> that's what they call cream pies in Philly. They call them okay, cream I mean, fries. I think that's cream a, fries. like in the picture. Somebody just I think that's a fair, all over them. It's a fair guess. It's probably something sexual. Yeah. So, so I was. Picturing like a family dinner in Philadelphia where the kid says, Mom, pass the fuck fries. And and the mom says, Hey, watch how you talk to me. And and the kid says, I'm sorry, Mom, please pass the fuck fries. That's better. Here are your fuck fries, sweetie. Like I'm imagining that being, you know, like an everyday thing for people to say. They have to move in with their aunt and uncle in Bel Air. (laughs) <laughs> and they move with their aunt and uncle to Chicago. They start up a restaurant. They can't wait to introduce Chicago to their wonderful tradition of fuck fries. They put the sign out front, and people start getting offended. They're like, why are people getting offended? This is although a if they were tradition. fuck fries, it would explain the creamy mess on them. <laughs> yes, yeah. it would. Don't ask how the fuck fries are made. Just really happy to see them there in Philly, aren't they? Uh, yeah, really delicious, though, guys. I'm not even gonna lie. Where can we okay. buy these? Now, 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 granted, like I like you? garlic mayo. Uh, it, yeah, like the garlic mayo that they put on mm-hmm. like steak fries. And yeah, stuff like that. This just looks. I think I it's what, a Greek it sauce. Is. It looks like Greek sauce. Is it like, to, like a tzatziki? tzatziki? Tzatziki, yeah. It's not lumpy enough. Oh, I don't know. I can't really tell. You know what? Like, I, I'm just going to have Mine's to go down there off. tomorrow you're, and you're just find out. Picture. Here, you look at this one. You tell okay. Me. Oh, yeah, no. Yeah, it no. Looks it's like... It, it looks know. like somebody spooged all over a bunch Mayonnaise, of maybe? Well, Mayo? I mean, no, actually, I think it's like... The Mano? Cream cheese, it's a cream cheese sauce. Mano's. Like they put on a Philly steak sandwich. Oh, well, then that would be That's delicious. Usually, isn't that just provolone? No, that not would necessarily. Be I mean, it's like if you if you get it... Why it's are like, we it's not, not eating just... these fries? All right, so I looked it up. Provolone. Yes. Um, And uh, I, can, I can tell you... Actually... First, I should probably reveal what they're called. Okay. Please. So I'm dying want to know. know. So uh, my friend Neil, who is a listener to the podcast. Hi, Neil. Uh, hey, Neil. A, What's up, Neil? Hey, Neil. So I posted a picture. I posted this picture that we're looking at right now. I put on my personal Facebook profile, and uh, Neil commented, and he told me that in Philadelphia, um, seasoned fries with that kind of sauce are called crab fries. Ooh. Crab fries. And Ew. I, which made me wonder, oh. did they redact that huh. word because there's no crab in it and they couldn't legally call it crab fries if there weren't, if there wasn't crab Maybe in it? Maybe if they spelled it with a K. <laughs> I kind of wish there was crab in it because crab is delicious. True. But I Googled that and I found out that crab fries, one word with no spaces, is actually a trademarked term. Oh. It's owned by a restaurant called Chickies and Pete's. Uh. And, uh, Don't sue us. And according to Neil, <laughs> sorry, everyone in Philly. Wait, no, chickies and Pete's. Yes, everyone in Philly calls them crab fries, whether they're made by chickies and Pete's or not. By what did you think I said? No, no, no. It's where my nasty mind goes. <laughs> All right. Well, it was like Pete, Peter, Chick. 
And then there's cream on the fries. I don't know. <laughs> wow. wow. Your mind goes to some interesting places. It does. I thought I, you, you know, this first time I've been in a relationship where the woman is dirtier than I am. And I'm pretty filthy. So when I yeah. Google crab fries, I found out Chickies and Pete's is actually very litigious when it comes oh. to protecting their trademark. So that would explain what? why they would even care about what someone in Chicago is calling their fries. Maybe they should have put a space in between it, like make it two words. They probably did because it looked like looks like there's a little bit of a space yeah. before the F, but I think that was still probably too close. Oh, more than likely. They should have called it crab with a K. So as to uh, what, the, uh, what the sauce is made from... There is uh, uh, an article here. It's on a website called Eater, mm-hmm. written by Colin Flat. The title of the article is Cracking the Code of Chickies and Pete's Cheese Dip. Mm, Everyone cheese in, dip. in Philly agree, argues about which cheese steak is best, who slings the juiciest roast pork. That sounds kind of dirty. Hey. And Yum, what baby. juiciest roast pork every night. <laughs> <laughs> and what burger wears the crown in Philly? One thing we all agree on, though, is our love... For Chickies and Pete's Crab Fries. Mm. wonder why it's called that. Um, and more importantly, maybe we can look that up too. And more importantly, the melty cheese dip that comes along for the ride. So the, the sauce, at least the way that Chickies and Pete's does it, is some sort of cheese sauce. Right. The recipe discussion has raged on for years and has appeared in some threads with as many as 13 ingredients. Considering the food cost and intricacy involved in keeping a giant pot of goo simmering in a kitchen like Chickie's, uh, we were quite skeptical to say the least. Mm-hmm. Owner Pit, uh, Pete Charoki, Charoki, C-I-R-O-O-I-C-C-H-I, has even leaked that it was made up of four cheeses, which we also figured was a red herring. <laughs> so there, so I guess that was a false flag operation. It's, it's like you know how um, uh, the the Colonel's secret recipe is like like what is it thirteen, 13 herbs yep. and spices? Somebody like put oh, it's the, eleven. Some well, somebody put it through like a a, a mass spectrometer or something sciency. Yeah, and and they they broke it down. It's like breading, salt, pepper, and MSG. Yeah, huh. that's all they detected in there. They didn't detect eleven herbs and spices. Well, just there's four. like what nineteen or how much was it? Dr Pepper. There's like a forty. Yeah. Flavor, whatever. So maybe I, uh-huh. we did a quiz at work, and I won the Dr Pepper flavor quiz of what ingredients were Dr Pepper. I'm I'm, ass- I'm, I'm I'm assuming this wasn't an official part of your job. <laughs> no. Like you, I like, mean, shh, we like don't when you do apply that. for a promotion, you don't you don't have to guess. <laughs> I mean, the shit, we don't do that shit at work. <laughs> what? <laughs> it's cool. Um, recently, Eater Eat uh, Eater HQ had a spot of luck made of goo. No, uh, which had led to a breakthrough in our tireless research. We ran into a guy at a bar who said he used to work the line at C and P's. And happened to be a little bit tipsy. You know, I still think this could be a false flag. They might be planting operatives in bars, giving out the ingredients. Right, so and people get it wrong. Like, there was a per- like speaking of uh, the colonel, there is there was a viral tweet or something where someone said, hey, I just got fired from KFC. Here are the 11 herbs and spices. Oh, yeah. And I, I'm skeptical. I think that's a I false flag, too. I tell every, like, employee what, it's like, if you work for Coca-Cola, you don't know the fucking formula. How do you know? Have you ever worked for Coca-Cola? No, it but... depends on what department you're in. Oh, well then, Suzanne. Well, I, I know, I know that uh, 
they'll reveal what it is like like when things with Coca-Cola or mm-hmm. the, the the Colonel's secret recipe or when when it when it's they're required to, by law to be able to tell what's in it so if anybody has any allergies or issues mm-hmm. with the ingredients but the 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 thing that's usually secret is the amount of what's in there. So you can probably take all the ingredients that are listed in Coca-Cola, but you don't know what proportions to mix the it in to make and, it Coca-Cola. And the, the like order. Of- yes, and and the process by which it's made too. Mm-hmm. So it might contain these ingredients, but you know if you don't have the machine that does does this particular thing, it won't be the same. Yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So this uh, drunken guy at a bar says. <laughs> It's just a block. Incredible source. It's just a block of American cheese and water to thin it out. Ew. Like white American cheese. That sounds disgusting. That sounds yeah. fucking gross as ugh. See, I told you it's Why spinach. are they called crab fries though? <laughs> they're not crab. Yeah, where where does the crab Because are? because they use old bay seasoning on the crinkle cut fry. Oh. That they I was just actually on the Chicky and Pete's website. Ah. And they say they use old bay seasoning on the crinkle cut fries and then oh. their special sauce. So Special the sauce. old bay is actually what you use for like a crab boil. Oh yeah. man! I could see that's how it might get its name. That's probably how it is. That reminds me, I need to call it my old bay. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So let's take a look at the uh, the third <laughs> ad we have here. This my, one, one of my favorite all time favorite ads. This one is kind of old. This one I want to say goes back to like 2013 or 2014 yeah. or something. Huh. Um, I don't think they even do these ads like this anymore. This I company. haven't seen any recently. Yeah, no. But for a while in Chicago, between like 2010 or 2011, and like maybe like 2014, mm-hmm. these ads were all over the place in Chicago, particularly on the CTA buses and trains. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. they were all equal, like so stupid. But this one takes the cake. Yes. So th- so it's for for a business called Domu, where you that you can use to. Uh, Find apartments. apartments. Yeah. Um, not to be confused with uh, Dormammu, the villain oh. from the new Doctor Strange. <laughs> or, or, or Domo, the <laughs> cute little brown monster. Domo. Absolutely. <clears throat> Maybe they should all merge okay. into and one thing. Yes. Even before we start this, I have an issue with the fact that like the eyes are not capitalized. Oh, oh yeah, yes. that was like that on all of their ads. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like. Really? They did that on all their ads. This is this is how the hip the hip young millennials do this. So let's let's make it look like this because the market research the chart says we're supposed to not capitalize. Break the rules and not capitalize. And the idea behind these ads is that they're real people from Chicago too. So yeah, well, you know what? None of these are real people. I guarantee you. I mean, all it tells me is that you didn't bother to turn on your auto capitalization. <laughs> like, come on. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so you see this at the beginning of a sentence. You had to go out of your fucking way to make it a lowercase i. Come on. <laughs> so if you see this ad and you're like, hey, I go out of my way not to capitalize words either. I'm going with that apartment finding service. <laughs> yep. So each of their ads, typically you see a picture of a person and they're usually smiling. It'll say their first name. This guy's name is Fred. He's a mixologist who lives in Lincoln Square. No capitalizations. No capitalizations. Not at even all. Fred. But, but period. Fred, appear- Fred doesn't seem to care whether the word or not Fred his is apparently name a, is a proper word. Yeah. <laughs> Fred doesn't warrant capitalization. And That's how important the Fred ad is. reads. Well, actually, I read one. You read one. Let's. Oh, okay. uh, here, Suzanne, how about yes. you read what okay. uh, what Fred says? I sleep like an adult baby in my apartment. I found it on Domu. 
So with apartment in red and domu in red, and I'm like going, and no capitalization whatsoever in like any of this ad. That's because millennials don't capitalize, well, and they make random words red for no reason. Yeah, you know, okay. But you want to know something that's funny? It's like I I never read the whole book, but there was a book that my mom tried to get me to read, like oh my god, forever ago, and it was supposedly written by the author Cricket, mm-hmm. and like there's a illustration of a cricket at a typewriter at the front of the book mm-hmm. and the thing is there were no capitalizations and the joke being was because cricket's legs weren't long enough to reach the capitalization and uh, the, the shift key oh yeah we couldn't reach the shift key and oh, the thing no. at the same time i'm going and the so book- somebody fucking stole cricket's idea here Drove in the crazy. 2000s were books that were written back in the 60s i believe so i think the subtext here is that fred doesn't have arms and he types with his nose yeah and he can only <laughs> Type one key at a time with his nose, it, so he can't capitalize words. Perhaps. And and somebody at Domu either has no idea what an adult baby is, or they do know and they're a fucking genius. They're a hero. Maybe, maybe they're just trying to appeal to that demographic. Okay. But here's, here's the fun bit. Um, okay, so Fred, in this picture, he's got like a goatee mm-hmm. and shaggy-ish hair, shaggy long hair. Yeah. Like, not past his shoulders or anything, but it's like he he's got that hey yeah <laughs> look going on. It's like yeah. it, it makes me think of like Joey Tribbiani going, "How you doing?" Did you ever run into this guy when you lived in Lincoln Square? Aaron? Uh, fortunately, I did not. <laughs> he, he, Were there he, any adult babies in Lincoln Square? He looks ever? like he looks like not that I'm aware of, but people don't normally people. People other than Fred don't normally go around broadcasting that. Not that they should be ashamed of it. I mean, I am very kink positive. I don't kink shame. I say embrace your kinks. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, uh, and like Chicago Rose is all excited about, hey, we've got a giant crib. So I'm wondering if he's the guy who's in that crib most of the time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He found it on Domu. He found it on Domu. <laughs> That's his crib, man. That's how you am. Find your crib on Domu. <laughs> So, I think we should back up a little bit just in case some of our listeners are not familiar with what adult baby means. Oh, yes. So that is adult baby Teach is a fetish. Us. It is, uh, as I understand it, um, you like maybe you like to wear a diaper and a bonnet and suck on a, a pacifier. You like to be treated like a baby. You like to be fed from a bottle. Infantile is you or, get spanked if you're bad. Mm-hmm. Age play. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's 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 a fetish thing. And uh so it seems like kind of an odd thing to be proclaiming to the world. <laughs> and, and, and these were plastered everywhere. They were yes. on trains, buses. These Domu ads were I mean, everywhere. It's, it's one thing to have your kinks, and it's fine to have your kinks. It's another to, you know, advertise them on public transportation. <laughs> you know, maybe, maybe Fred relished the opportunity to, you know, be connected with other people who have the same thing. Like, someone see, sees Fred on this ad, and they're like, hey, I'm into that, too. Maybe see, we can there, do there, some adult baby play together. There are better websites for that out there. <laughs> I really don't think that's what Domu wants to do. Yeah, no. That's what you go to FetLife for. Yes. I mean, maybe they've got a kink-friendly aspect to their apartment. You know, if you need a roommate and you want a roommate that's kink-friendly, but I I think we're kind of getting into stalkery territory here. (laughs) Like, yeah, I want a roommate. Oh, God. Very submissive. 
So I think we should get into some territory of listening to another song by the courtesan and the cabin boy. What uh, what song will we be hearing next? I think we need a drink after that. Oh, yeah. Some rye whiskey. Yes, rye whiskey. All right, here is rye whiskey. Dive to the bottom to get one sweet suck. I'll eat when I'm hungry, I'll drink when I'm dry. The hard times don't kill me, I'll lay down and die. Rye whiskey, rye whiskey, rye whiskey, I cry. If I don't get rye whiskey, I surely will die. My foot's in my stirrup, my bridle's in hand. I'm leaving my beloved, the fairest in the land. Her father don't like me, he says I'm too poor He says I'm unworthy to enter her door I'll drink my own whiskey, I'll drink my own wine Some ten thousand bottles I've killed in my time No husband to quarrel, no baby to ball The best way of living is no man at all The hard times don't kill me, I'll lay down and die. Rye whiskey, rye whiskey, rye whiskey, I cry. If I don't get rye whiskey, I surely will die. I'll eat when I'm hungry, I'll drink when I'm dry. The hard times don't kill me, I'll lay down and die. Rye whiskey, rye whiskey, rye whiskey, I cry. If I don't get rye whiskey, I surely will die. All right, so that was uh, rye whiskey. Performed uh, in the podcast studio here by uh, the courtesan and the cabin boy. Woo-hoo. So to me, that song had kind of a, kind of an open fifth kind of sound. Mm-hmm. Um, what uh, what time period is that from? Um, that one is uh, oh, shoot, what was it? I think no, 1800s? yeah, it's but it's actually it is it was more of like a sailor song um, originally. I think so. I mean, when it comes to finding like research, when it comes to researching music, the most that you can do is find the earliest actual documented copy of it, like when they wrote it down. Mm-hmm. Failing that, you can find the earliest reference to the song, maybe a, a, a lick or two about it. But I mean, a lot of times that these songs are older than recorded history, and mm-hmm. 
or there isn't any, or, or or they're just folk songs that people sang who live out in the country, couldn't read, so mm-hmm. they kept singing it, passing on generation and generation until some pretentious music student said, oh, hey, I love the music of the, fo- the, the gentle folk people. I'm going to write it down. Mm. And so there are actually a lot of composers. They're not really composers. They're just the first one to have written it down. Mm-hmm. Um uh, one of the other songs that we uh, that that uh, we're gonna do, Three Ravens, that's collected by um, uh, an, uh, a composer, Thomas Ravenscroft, which that's what he's known for is just collecting the songs of the the country folk. Mm. Interesting. Yeah, but, the version that we do is actually of Peter Paul and Mary. Based oh, nice. Theirs. Yeah, mm, but nice. Uh, as for rye whiskey, um, from what research we've done on it, um, like. I think it goes back to the late 1700s, early 1800s. In fact, um, it's such an old song that's been passed down and passed down and passed down. There are actually different versions that involve lyrics about the Civil War, where mm-hmm. they're singing about you know the North versus the South. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's like the, they have wow. the actual thing. It says African Negro lyrics. Oh yeah. wow! And for some of them, yeah, yeah. There, there's a, yeah the, the other it was a, a sea chanty, a work song. So that sailors could have something to occupy their mind, occupy their time, and, you know, just a rhythm to keep when they're scrubbing the deck. But in that, it's a work song in that slaves were taught to sung it, sing it so that they could keep, you know, keep pace. And, I mean, me being in the military, uh, uh, when we're uh, doing a PT, when we're running in formation, we definitely did marching cadences for the sake of breath control at the very least, and, you know, having been a performer and in the military, I know that running and singing actually kind of helps. Hmm. And I, hmm. like we were talking about earlier, we yeah. work out in the morning and we sing together. Yeah. like While working out. Nice. I mean, nice. I, for me, it's like I got my Bachelor of Fine Arts in Music Theater Performance. So I was actually taught to sing and dance at the same time. And there have been many times where I've had to sing and dance yep. at the same time. And people look at me and go, okay, you're not this teeny little wafy woman. How the hell is it that you can actually sing and dance? And it's really just a matter of training your body to do it. That's all. Sing. Hmm. She can dance. She can play the mandolin. She is a triple threat. Nice. <laughs> so so nice. how many instruments are each, do each of you play? Not necessarily in your current group, but just how many are you able to play? Period. I'm curious. Um, I play mandolin. I play a little bit of piano, but I've lost a lot of that because I haven't been, uh, you know, just doing it. Um, He started teaching me the violin, which actually was pretty easy for me to start picking up because the mandolin and the violin are tuned the same. Yeah, Mm -hmm. they're they're Ah. strung exactly the same. DDA. Yeah, exactly. And uh, also I've played some like a tin whistle a little bit. Oh, nice. And percussion. It's like I've done a lot of percussion. Cool. He says the man who can't keep a fucking beat with an egg shaker. <laughs> it's like, only that's not rocket only, surgery. I hand you an egg shaker. I'm like, only it's a it's really the, simple only beat. Only if it's the only thing I have to do. If I can keep rhythm and do nothing else, that I can do. I can't sing and play the violin that's at the same time. That's up for debate. I've, I've heard you try and just, even when you Honestly. weren't singing, you wanted to pull that egg shaker out of my bag right now. Anyway, <laughs> is, I this, is this your stage show? Do you do this on stage? Do you argue about keeping rhythm? Is this part of your act? Awesome. Not necessarily, but we are thinking show. it probably should be right now. I'm thinking and, and, so too. And, and, and but that's the, the thing. This is the kind of chemistry that we have naturally. So being able to play off each other like this nice. really lends itself to mm. our stage shows. Nice. So your background, you said, is in musical theater. Yes. Ordo, where, what is your uh, background in music? Uh, I'm, uh, uh, I've am i been playing violin since I was three. Nice. Um, and it just various uh, uh, 
high school orchestra, junior high, grade school, a little bit in college. I kind of stopped then, but um, I was trained under the Suzuki program. Uh, mm. And uh, for those of you who are not familiar with it, um, just as the premise where you learn how to talk before you learn how to read, under the Suzuki program, you learn how to play the instrument before you learn how to read music. So um, one of the uh, biggest uh, uh, distractions of the Suzuki program is that if you don't stick with the program and continue in it, uh, your musical theory tends to suffer. So as a result, I can play damn near anything, any melody by ear, no problem. I can't read music or shit. I can read music. I can play the violin. I can't really do both at the same time. I can relate to that. I'm also a musician. My main instrument is uh, piano and keyboard instruments. And, you know, I I studied music in college. um, So, like, I know all the theory. I know what the notes on the page mean. Mm -hmm. But if you put a page of piano music in front of me, I'm, like, struggling to read each note. And I was the same way. I actually, because I have a a issue. I have a hand-eye coordination coordination issue Mm -hmm. i mean like it was diagnosed when i was a child because like Mm. you know when we were in grade school and doing your you know regular print letters and everybody else was ready to move on to cursive and mine were like atrocious you still couldn't make out my print i couldn't catch a ball i was like i really had issues and so they sent me to a tutor actually (laughs) so i could you know learn how to catch a fucking ball and you know write properly and things like that well as you know, as a keyboardist, it's like if you're reading music, you're expected to just read the music and your fingers mm-hmm. do what they're supposed yeah. to. I cannot rely on my fingers to do what they're supposed to if I am not looking at them. Mm. It's like, you know, even though it's like my day job, I work as an administrative assistant uh-huh. for a financial services firm, but I am not the greatest typist. It's like they, my skill set is so broad that it makes up for the fact that I'm a crappy typist. Because mm. <clears throat> otherwise, I'm like, I would never have lasted See, that long and, in that job. And I'm kind of the oddball, I guess, because I can both read music and play by ear. But depending on the instrument, like I was, I told Aaron, I've told Aaron a few times, I learned how to play piano, like, I, very improperly. I can't, I don't know the chords on a piano. Like, I can't play piano See, chords. And, and that's, that's the funny thing with me and Suzanne, that Suzanne is experienced with the mandolin. I'm experienced mm-hmm. with the violin. Two instruments, very similarly strung, yeah. structured the same way, strung in fourths. Um, so as a violinist, it's really a, 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 a melodious instrument where I play a single note melody. Mm-hmm. And whereas the the mandolin is a, an instrument you play chords on, mm-hmm. so I can't do chord work worth shit. Yeah. She can't do individual picking mm-hmm. worth shit. Yeah, I, so and, she's teaching me. I'm teaching her. Yeah, I nice. know. Like, uh, yeah. And then so when I learned to play clarinet in like sixth grade onward, uh, that's where I really like shown, I guess, because. Uh, there weren't any chords on clarinet, and that was awesome. And I can sight read too. That's that's but when you're let me expected to, to play. Read. Let me ask you this: Can you can you look at a piece of sheet music and hear the music in your head without humming it? I don't know. It's been a while. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, since I've been doing a lot more music now as an adult, mm-hmm. my ability to read music and play is kind of gotten better. Really, like when I'm when I'm reading when I'm reading music, it's not that I'm reading that it's an A that I play here. Mm-hmm. I actually read music like it's violin tablature. Huh. I can't tell you what note it is, 
like I have to sit there and think about it. But right. when I look at the music, I can tell you what finger on what string on the violin it goes instantly. You know? Yeah. Bastard. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> all right. I, like, I have a hard time with that. <laughs> it sounds like we all have pretty good ears for music. Yes. And also, uh, Suzanne is wearing a shirt that yeah. has an ear for sound in general. Yeah. Tell us about your the shirt that you're wearing. The Hello today. Kitty light up shirt. Yeah. It's um. It's uh, if you go to like any of like I got this I one at C2E2. It's a uh, Think Geek. Yeah, yeah. Think Geek carries them as well nice. as other places. But basically it's um, there's a, a small uh, board that has a graphic of Hello Kitty, just her head. Mm-hmm. And it has, you know, a grid marketure on it. And it actually is a light up grid that ha- it's controlled by a little battery pack box that's on my hip here. And depending on the sound level, it goes up and down like a graphic it's equalizer. It's pretty cool. So I have a graphic equalizer Hello Kitty on my chest that's been lighting up the entire time when we've been singing and talking and things like that. And For I'm like the going, crazy raves. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. it's that's turning exactly this podcast that. That into ex- a rave. Woo! Yes. <laughs> and you actually kind of have matching shirts because Ordo is also wearing a Hello Kitty shirt. Tell us about your shirt. I'm wearing a Hello Kitty Street Fighter t-shirt. Nice. <laughs> Hello Kitty is dressed as Ryu. Man, I, that's why I didn't get it. I never played Street Fighter. I, I, I got I got it from I got it from the rag stock at, at uh, uh, in uh, um, Woodfield Mall in Schaumburg nice. for five bucks. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Nice. Well, and I, I told knew... him I was gonna wear my Hello Kitty shirt. He's like. Damn it! I'm gonna wear my Hello Kitty. Man, if I'd known that that was gonna be the theme tonight, I would have worn mine. I have a shirt. But you got a space cat on. That's close. Okay, it's a cat. It's a cat. I'm wearing a shirt that says uh, "Space Space Cat" Cat. by Ruth Van Todd, which I'm guessing is a children's book. Mm -hmm. Um, and Marissa got me this shirt, and it ties into my favorite Saturday morning cartoon, Space Cats, which ran. 1991 through 1992 on NBC. And we're actually going to talk about that in our next podcast. So I won't talk too much about that now. But if I knew that specifically (laughs) the uh, Sanrio Hello Kitty was going to be the theme tonight, I also have a shirt. Uh, (laughs) The caption is Kitty Gaga, and it's basically (laughs) Kitty as Lady Gaga. Nice. Uh, I don't know if you noticed my mandolin case, too. (laughs) When I found Hello Kitty duct tape, on clearance. <laughs> on clearance. Oh, wow. I didn't even notice that. Yeah. But yes, her mandolin case is covered in kitties, which... Yes, it's it's the pink Hello Kitty duct tape that... Um, and the whole reason why is because the mandolin actually belonged to my mother. Um, Aw. Yeah, she passed uh, back in uh, 2004. Oh, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but the thing is, nobody else in the family except my mom played mandolin. And at the time, I the group I was a part of, uh, Sister Strange, uh, I was co-founder, managing director with them... Um, <clears throat> I was bringing my mom's mandolin with me because and learning to play mandolin. Like I went to Old Town School of Folk Music, took a class because we needed something. We were just a cappella, and it's like, okay, we needed a rhythm string. So I'm like, okay, fine. So I learned how to play. Um, and then so my mom's mandolin became my mandolin, but the case was already really old because this thing was made the year I was made. So, wow. <laughs> yes, it's a little bit on the older side now. Um, but, you know, I didn't want it to get so dinged up that I couldn't carry it anymore. And they were already getting like scratches and gouges because, mm-hmm. you know, this is just one of those hard cardboard cases that they came with, you know, a lot of the different mm. mm-hmm. instruments of the time. So I literally took the duct tape all the way around all the edges and then painted down the case and also covered it with like weld bond nice. to help hold it in place. 
which you can see it's like some of my glitter glue is always like it's gotten caught in the rain a few times and some of the glitter glue has moved a bit but you know it's like i i did this just because i'm like going you know what it's mine now so guess what nice <laughs> i was like i it's the same thing like when i got my condo here in edgewater um is it a latex my- condo yeah <laughs> actually i prefer lambskin but um are when there I got- adult babies in it did you find it on domo <laughs> there is an adult baby over there right now <laughs> i love you mitchell oh, um, snap. Yeah. Snap. um but no uh god i'm gonna pay for that um <laughs> You're talking about your condo. No, yes. The okay, you know, the whole thing with like accoutrementing uh changing around the uh case and everything. My mom uh got really mad at me when I decided to just paint designs on my walls in my bedroom. Mm. And she was like, it's like like when you get your own place, you can paint the walls any way you want. Until then you leave them the way that I have them painted. (laughs) So Marissa's been over to my apartment. Mm-hmm. You want to tell them what my walls look like? Oh, it's awesome. Her walls are like murals. Yeah. They're, they're like the coolest things I have ever. Like they're I've awesome. got a mountainscape and yeah. like a you know, river flowing down and a waterfall they're, that comes they're... down over the heat register and Yeah, it's a little beat up at the moment. It's though, pretty fucking awesome. It's though. yeah. Yeah. So so yeah, it's like I've I've been known to um um accessorize a bit. So we were <laughs> Recently, we were just, we were talking about cats, so I'm gonna, like, segue a little bit here. Go for it. Talk about some shit I just read on the internet, and I don't know how I feel about this personally. Uh Uh-oh. Share with the rest. A mouse. A mouse? Chuck E. Cheese now now has stuffed crust pizza. Now, I don't know if you guys are right. Exactly. I'm like, I don't know if y'all have been to Chuck E. Cheese, but their pizza was never that great. It's nasty. And because it smells like feet, it makes makes you think you're... But stuffed crust pizza is, like, amazing. So I don't know how I feel about this. We we should... We should... An outing. We well, have to we have a child. Oh my God. Do we well, have you know, a child? If it tastes like feet, yeah. it might yes, appeal do. to foot fetishists. That's oh. true. And maybe they can find an apartment near a Chuck E. Cheese on Domu. Ooh. Maybe, maybe Fred can help them with that. Yes. You need a child to get into Chuck E. Cheese. No, or you don't. No, you don't. They, they changed that rule again? Oh, okay, you can't go in the play area if you don't have children. But like, you can go there oh, and play the video games. Play the video games. And, I yeah. was told that you can't. Cause okay, no. so cause one year unless they just looked at you and said, uh, no. I think they looked at you and they made up the rule on this. Wow, <laughs> you guys are mean. They were like, "This one's not getting in. Let's make up some bullshit rule." No, so, no, you, so you look like my the 17th... woman who might be desperate enough to steal somebody's child. So yeah. <laughs> oh shit! Damn girl. Love you. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so. No, because I remember my 17th birthday, I wanted to go to Chuck E. Cheese. We go to the door. They're like, yeah, you got to be at least 18 or with somebody over like a parent or guardian or whatever. Right. Uh So then we go 18th birthday, turned 18, went to Chuck E. Cheese. It was all fine and dandy. By the time I turned 19, they're like, oh, sorry, you have to have a child. Well, what did you do on your 18th birthday that made them uh, change their mind about you? My 18th? 
Because you said you went you went there when you were 17, they turned you away because you yeah. didn't have a parent with you. You went when you were 18 and you got in we just, just fine. We games and ate pizza. And then we when you went... anything crazy. And when you went, when you were 19, they turned you away, which means sometime between... The time you went for your 18th birthday and the time you went for the 17th birthday, they changed your mind about you. I don't know. What What did you do, Marissa? Stop. It probably wasn't me. It was my stupid ex-husband. Probably. No, and, and what it Wait, you were married when you were 19? Yes. I thought we, you knew this, Suzanne. Well, I knew you were married. I didn't realize you were married yeah. when you were 19. Oh, well. Yeah. That okay. explains a lot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, you, you at 19 and, and your ex-husband, yeah, they figured you were going to, like, shop. Now, <laughs> <laughs> see what, yeah, now that makes sense. If it was just me, not a problem. Yeah, it's like, you guys together, they see the rings on the finger, you're pretty young, maybe they figure, oh, you haven't had any luck yet, and oh. so you're just going to go ahead and <laughs> take the shortcut. So, like, so which one do you like, hon? Do so, you like this one? That one? To bring, no, that one's too tall. To bring the topic back to less... <laughs> I don't... Pedo. I didn't say you were going to do anything with Oh, my God, you're gross. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't mean to or, adopt no, a child no, for that kind of purposes. Oh, yeah. Okay. Where are you taking this? Oh, my God. Know. This is this is getting dark and gritty. Is this the dark and gritty <laughs> reboot <Shit>. now? <laughs> So, Aaron V. Marissa, dawn of podcasting. So you were saying. Tell me, Marissa, do you bleed? <laughs> One week out of every month, right? Yes. Ew. <laughs> you brought it up. That's true. Perfectly healthy, perfectly natural. I mean, I don't want to handle it. It's gross. You were going to say something, Marissa? Oh, yeah. Uh, no, you said we should we should investigate this. Well, I think country. we should investigate you now based on what you just said. <laughs> hey, I just really love stuffed crust pizza, all right? God. <laughs> you guys are mean. Okay, so we go from stuffed crust pizza to being denied access to Chuck E. Cheese to pedophilia, pedophilia which was actually intended to be more like baby stealing so that you and your husband could raise a child not molest it so <laughs> some people difference oh neither of those are accurate well of course they're not accurate but oh. it's just the fact that the logical step when i think the three of us you know aaron ordo and i mm-hmm. were thinking along the lines of yes you guys stealing a like, baby well, because you wanted to raise a child I'm pretty and sure then that's you're not the one what Aaron who made that whip. I, I don't know. Aaron's Am I speaking out of turn? Aaron's looks like. He, he, that's not what he was thinking. <laughs> is, is, am I speaking out of turn for you? No, no. You, you, you're speaking in turn for me. Marissa okay. was the only one who was thinking anything <laughs> improper. Yeah, I, I wasn't going. I wasn't really you guys going are there. Lying. I, I could have Assholes. if we kept going, but no. Assholes. <laughs> All right, so what were you going to talk about Stuffed next? crust pizza. Oh, yeah. I was yes. talking about the stuffed crust pizza. Do you think it'll be, like, worth it or not? Like, worth it to go to Chuck E. Cheese so just the, to the eat o- that? The only yeah. way we're going to find they out. They have you marked it, like, Chuck- all the Chuck E. Cheeses. We might not be able to get in the door with you. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> they probably have your picture. I'll have it disguised. Yeah, you're, 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 yeah, we're, we'll wear a handlebar mustache. mustache. You'll be all good. Oh, my God, No. You're so mean. Okay, I'll let you wear my blonde wig. We'll 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 go to we'll go to and we we can go to Lincoln. uh, We can go to Lincoln Park. Go find Fred. Fred can be our baby. (laughs) 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 Then we have a child. They'll let us in. Yeah, exactly. 
Well, apparently, guys, with Facebook, though, we can get $2 off any media for life. <laughs> so. Can we get free guacamole? I don't know about we can Free guacamole. It's fucking Chuck E. Cheese doesn't do guac, Aaron. Well, I, I, I remember reading somewhere that they, they improved their menu because they want the adults to go there and not they, have a they, shitty time. They do serve beer there, too. Oh, yeah. For that reason. So what I'm guessing, you know, without having tried their pizza, their scuffed crust pizza anyway, is that it's the kind of thing that you probably wouldn't go want to go there just to have the pizza. No. But if you're already there, eating that might make your visit more pleasant. I mean. Ordo said that you can play the games and stuff. Yeah, I'd so. go there and play the games. I'd try the pizza, but... As long as you're there, yeah. I, I mean, mean, given the choice between stuffed crust pizza and their regular pizza, I'd, mm-hmm. I'd be willing to give... I'd be more interested in giving the stuffed crust pizza a try. Yeah. I would, too, but I was I was curious about everyone else's opinion because Chuck E. Cheese is notoriously for having gross-ass pizza. Now, well, if anyone okay. from Chuck E. Cheese is listening... Um, and if you and if you want us to say more positive things than we are currently saying about your pizza, give us lots of money, become a sponsor, and we will give you the most positive pizza we reviews you've ever eat heard. We will pizza every day, maybe. Yeah, the, the last time I went to Chuck E. Cheese's, I think it was still the '80s. Mm. <laughs> so yeah, I can't say whether and I don't I don't remember what their pizza tastes like because I was a kid and was like, oh pizza, yay, animatronic mouth, oh, I'm gonna go play in the ski balls. Like, you played in the ski balls. You crawled into the machine. Yes. Oh yeah. Oh my god. Tickets. So I think you'll have to wear a disguise when we go to Chuck E. Cheese. Also, yeah, between you and Marissa, win. they're gonna completely blackball us. We're never getting in that door. I mean, at least there's like we got the baby out of the king cake. We could go ahead and yeah, like the little king cake baby. Although, although this baby is disturbing me, there's a hole in its head and in its butt. <laughs> Whoa! And it's I can like a see real through baby. it. I can see. No, it's it's meant to be like a bead that you wear on something. But I'm looking at this. Even more who the hell Why would you want to wear the baby? Look at that. It's like who the hell drilled a hole in the head and then I like turn it over. Oh, it's got an asshole. Well, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I guess that leads us to king cake. Yeah. <laughs> So while you at home were enjoying rye whiskey, we were enjoying a tasty treat. Um, we ate some king cake. Um, now, uh, I've had king cake before. Marissa's had it before. Have either of you had king cake before? No, I have not. I, I have, but it wasn't quite as sweet as that one was. Okay. So king cake is uh, it's a Mardi Gras tradition. Um, Woo, in boobies. New Orleans, ma- mainly. <laughs> um, I didn't learn about king cake until about 2011, 2010, 2011. Um, but yeah, apparently it's really popular in New Orleans at Mardi Gras, and it's a tradition that goes back about 300 years. Um, and it's usually tied to religion. Usually, it's like eaten in the uh, what do they call it, the Epiphany period, the, the 12 days of Christmas. Which, uh, like, starts on Christmas and goes for 12 days, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, well, that's but, right, the Feast of the Epiphany, yes. All right, thank you. Thank uh, you, yeah, there you go. Yeah, falling I, away I, Catholic. I'm a shitty Catholic, too, so I, yeah. I don't know any of this shit. <laughs> I, I, yeah, they really drilled it into me because I went to Catholic school all the way up through high school. It did you at least get to eat king cake? Uh, no, we're... Catholic, Lame. Catholic. They didn't celebrate Mardi Gras. Uh, we just got to have fish and fast on Wednesday, Ash Wednesday. We didn't get to have the party beforehand. Oh man, <laughs> mega Catholic. Yeah. Lame. Yeah. So Ordo, having never had king cake before, what were what were your first impressions of it? it reminds me of like uh, um like like a 
like an Entenmann's like uh, a cake like uh or like those like cut, yeah like yeah exactly it is a lot like a donut yeah and then like they put like a ton of frosting a ton of uh uh colored sugar on it and i mean like it's not bad i did <laughs> it tasted okay yeah didn't make me want to throw up I'd have all another. right <laughs> uh, yeah, sounds yeah. like a ringing endorsement i'd have yeah. to have another didn't piece. make me want to throw up <laughs> <laughs> turkey cheese <laughs> <laughs> you should be Chucky Cheese spokesman with that kind of a ringing endorsement. It didn't make me want to throw up. So apparently, king cakes are named after the uh, the magi, or they're called magi. 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 All right, and they. Uh, so the three kings visited Jesus during the Epiphany period, the twelve days of Christmas, mm-hmm. and that's why the cake that you eat then is called king cake apparently and sometimes the baby inside because there's a she was just talking about the baby with the butthole that represents the uh the baby jesus and his butthole sometimes (laughs) baby jesus's butthole did you ever see the baby jesus butt plug (laughs) no but i'm guessing it exists it's a real yep yep it does just just google baby jesus butt plug You'll see it. <laughs> I, I, I will. I'll take a pass. But, uh, Hold on. I will take your word. I'm going go straight to hell for right. that one. <laughs> no, no, I didn't come up with. Somebody made a baby Jesus butt plug. Oh my god! This was not my idea. <laughs> you can find it on Amazon. Yes, you okay. can. <laughs> so we're not going to hell for that because we didn't come up with that. No, oh, but wait, we, we were coming up with wait, something else that we'll go to hell like for. A, uh, <laughs> hold on, guys. I didn't actually find it. Oh. I found a. Uh, a Kindle book or a uh, book called The Baby Jesus Butt Plug. Okay. There's a book. I don't There's know. a book about the Baby Jesus Butt Plug. Yeah. How famous is this Baby Jesus Butt Plug? <laughs> well, I, I know that somebody made a line of sex toys around. Uh, like, it's a Christian. piece of fiction. Hold on. I'm like I, I know that, that that in that same line of the the with the Baby Jesus Butt Plug. There's the Jackhammer Jesus. Oh yes, yes. Like, oh like here Jesus it is. On the cross. By the way, Mom, if you're listening to this, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Here's a picture. <laughs> All right, that is a butt plug that looks like a translucent blue alien baby inside of some sort of cocoon. They definitely have it in different colors too. And then there's Jesus on the cross. Yep. Uh oh my god. Oh, there's a Vladimir Putin plug butt plug. Is there now? Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now is it a pup a butt plug that's shaped like him, or is it a butt plug especially for him to use? Oh dear god. Or okay. Okay. Okay, so it's like uh, apparently the website Vice there's, there's they have uh, an article on here oh, about religious you can get sex toys Moses. that are frightening there's, and hilarious. There's the baby Jesus you can butt get plug. A Moses. There's the dildo. Help Jesus. Moses part painful. the pink yeah. sea. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it says. <laughs> oh, yeah, just 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 Google image oh, baby God, Jesus yeah. butt plug. And Jack, you'll see wow. the baby Jesus butt plug, the jackhammer yeah. Jesus on the cross. I, the Putin butt plug is even there too. Holy water oh, yeah. plug. That's okay. what I Help up. Moses part the pink sea. <laughs> That's what I just oh said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, there's a double. It's a nativity. A double penetration. <laughs> ah. <laughs> see? Oh yeah. yeah oh my God. Oh wow! I know I've it's gonna be in your one. stockings this year. <laughs> <laughs> just saying. Yeah, just don't get me the extra large because that would hurt. Owie. Owie. Yes. <laughs> it's like yeah, you get not the jackhammer, Jesus. No, I'm good. 
So speaking of butt plugs, why don't we listen to another song by <laughs> The Courtesan and then The Cabin Boy? Uh, we were talking about... Uh, well, okay, uh, since we're on religious topics and stuff oh, like yes, that. yes, of course. Um, we actually, it's like we were talking about, we don't want to be in one particular genre. Um, some of the music that we've written, that it started out as uh, music for a house party for friends of ours mm-hmm. who do a Krampus celebration yes. uh-huh. instead yes. of a Christmas celebration. Mm-hmm. We actually took traditional... Christmas carols and rewrote them nice. as for, Krampus songs. For, for those of you who are not familiar with Krampus, Krampus is a uh, Scandinavian. No, Norse? Alpine is. Uh, yeah, yeah. Is it uh, no, kind from of the a, Alps? Yeah, from the Alps. It's kind of like an anti uh, I'm sorry, an anti Santa Claus. Where if you're <laughs> naughty, Krampus yeah. will stuff you in his sack and, and take you away. Actually, yeah, it's like the fifth of December is Krampus Nacht, the night of Krampus. Because uh, St. Nicholas would come the following day to leave gifts in the good kids' shoes that they leave out. So, and, you know, this is very particular to the uh, Austrian Alpine yes. myths there. Um, <clears throat> Krampus himself is kind of like a uh, goat-like monster, yes. you know, bipedal. Um, he carries a basket or sack with him to put the naughty children into uh, so that he can haul them away so that when St. Nicholas comes around, he's only got good boys and girls to give gifts to. Yes. So it's like, it's basically, it's a way for parents to scare the shit out of their children to get them to behave for the Christmas time. Nice. <laughs> nice. And so we took a whole bunch of traditional Christmas songs Krampus. and made them about Krampus. Yes. And like the uh, one that we have for you tonight is Krampus the Christmas Monster. To the tune of Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. <laughs> well, you know Santa and Jack Frost and Frosty the Snowman. Reindeers and elves, Mrs. Claus and that Scrooge Man. But do you recall the most scary creature of all? Krampus the Christmas Monster had a large bulging sack. And if you ever saw it, it would be upon his back. All of the naughty children would scream as they were packed inside. They couldn't escape old Krampus, no matter how they tried to hide. Then one very bratty year, Santa came to say, Krampus, with your sack so stuffed, now my job won't be so tough. And all the parents told him As he hoisted up his sack Krampus the Christmas monster We don't even want them back We don't even want them back Right, and that was Krampus the Christmas monster Performed on the podcast by the courtesan and the cabin boy And uh, (laughs) Suzanne was just telling me there's another song uh, that they performed earlier that will tie into our discussions of Chuck E. Cheese and King Cake. Um, what's uh, what's the song that we're going to hear now? Um, it's actually our moneymaker. It's called uh, Sing for Our Supper. And since it's, a, it's actually to um, uh, a piece of sacred music called uh, Dona Nobis. Um, but um, one of the other groups that I sang in they adapted it. They they made a, a different. We actually sing a version that's also "Happy Birthday" instead of "Dona Nobis." But then they also did a version which they really haven't done. So I kind of appropriated it for us. <laughs> um, 
And it's literally what we sing to generate tips when we're passing a hat. Mm-hmm. And it's been incredibly effective. Like basically what we kind of do is we kind of sing, you know, for 10, 15 minutes. And then we do sing for our supper while holding out a hat. And then it's kind of like, hey, put money in the hat. Come on, pony up. I know you enjoyed that. I saw you <laughs> smiling. Like, come on, put put at least a buck in there. Well, nice. it, it doesn't hurt that when we're actually doing the set, it's like we'll sing it through once in unison and then I'll start into it again while he is actually delivering our hat pass spiel. Yeah. And he, it's actually our closing number of our actual stage set. And he physically steps off the stage hat in hand and gets up in everybody's face. Like, (sighs) like we're singing for a supper. Come on. (laughs) Nice. I could be singing here or I could be robbing your homes. Come on. So we're going to hear this song now, and uh, while we hear that, Ordo will be stepping out of the speakers into your homes to collect tips, so don't be surprised when that happens. Yes, yeah. t- 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 tip, tip, tip your entertainers. He's coming for you <laughs> and <laughs> your money. And here's you've the got song. A, you've got a link on your page to tip, right? And your pizza. Um, yeah, what? Huh? Huh? What? Uh, on, what? on your page where you host webcasts? For people to donate, right? We we don't have that Not currently. Oh. Okay, if you know Aaron and or Marissa, you just just slip them a fiver every once in a while. Thanks. Yeah. For all <laughs> this you. free entertainment they're providing yeah. you. Yeah. yeah. It's like web hosting services aren't cheap. We Ungrateful bastards. Yeah. <laughs> Freeloaders. All right, so here's the song. We will sing for, sing for our supper. We will sing for our, sing for our food. We will sing for, sing for our supper. We we will sing for our, sing for our food. We We will sing for, sing for our food. We will sing for our supper. We will sing for, sing for our food. Where can people find you online if they want to know more about you or hear more of your stuff? We have a Facebook page. It's Courtesan and Cabin Boy. We are at Courtesan and Cabin Boy. No and in the middle of it. <clears throat> or, or you can also reach us at CourtesanCabinBoy at gmail.com if you want to reach us directly. Uh, we do have samples of our music up on our Facebook page. We have a proper web page that is in progress right now. And we're also in the process of setting up a Patreon account so nice. that we can... Hopefully you get in uh, enough money so that we can record these four albums that we're planning. Um, we, you know. Four we, albums? Yes. That ambitious. Yes, four albums. Woo! So do you have a, a plan for, does each one have a, a theme or a concept? Yeah, actually we already came up with the titles for all of the, uh, for all of them so that we would have a, a, a clear concept of what we're going for. Nice. I even wrote them down. Yes, we're, we're in the. That process of recording the first album right now which is going to be you know the obligatory self-titled album the courtesan and the cabin album. yeah self-titled, the courtesan- album. self-titled album are you done it's, uh, nice. courtesan and the cabin boy guess which one of us is the cabin boy yeah that's our first album <laughs> our, our second album will be 
because she loves the D. Because <laughs> most of our songs start on D. Yeah, they do. <laughs> oh, hey, here's another one I came up with. Gabin Boy Fever. Yes. Nice. Um, we also do something in part of our uh, stage show uh, called uh, poetry, you know, since mm-hmm. courtesans were known. I, I've heard poetry. of poetry before. Yes. But, but, but we let, call let me... it odes, you uh-huh. know, because it's Renaissance era, typically speaking. And so we're putting together what's going to be a short album called An Ode to Odes, Hot Ode on Ode Action. Yeah. Um, Here's one. Here's one for you that you can have for free. Hall and Odes. Uh-huh. <laughs> you can have that one on the house. No royalties necessary. All right. We'll, we'll, we'll mention you in the special thanks. Thank yes. you. And then we'll have the Krampus uh, yeah. album. The, the Krampus album is Krampus. Get in my sack. <laughs> nice. And then the fourth album that we're working on is called Heresy. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the Heresy album. There's a special circle of hell just for us. Yes. Nice. We... Um, being that we were both, uh, I suppose the best way to put it is lapsed Catholics. Lapsed. Very lapsed. <laughs> um, we have an understanding from the similar upbringing in the Catholic church, Catholic families. And uh, all the music that you sing at church, you know, that's something we both have in common without ever having to actually sing it together. Being that neither of us are exceptionally religious, well, he's atheist, actually. Philately. Yes. And me, I'm just like, no, I just believe in being a good person. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not being a douchebag. Yeah, don't be a douchebag. Um, we decided that we were going to uh, take Christian music and make new lyrics for it. Not nice. like nice. we did with Christian Elm. And, and, and because of it, we're probably going to go to hell. Oh, yeah. Well, like, um, have you ever heard, like, the Gregorian chants that they have for different parts of the Mass? Like, the Our Father? I'm familiar with Gregorian chant, but not how it's used in the context of a Mass. Okay. Well, it's, um, it, it, typically speaking, there are prayers that are said as part of the Mass, like mm-hmm. the Our Father or the Holy, Holy, Holy. These are common mass parts that are either just spoken or sung. Mm -hmm. And um, a lot of times the priest will choose to do the Gregorian chant and everybody chimes in. Yeah, in a a monophonic chant style. Mm -hmm. It's not necessarily Gregorian. I don't know. Yeah. Well, it's like the Our Father. It's like when it's in in the chant form, it's Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. And we've never actually sung this together before. No. That's just wow. how ingrained yeah, that's Catholic is. Wow. <laughs> we've actually started writing alternates to this. Horrible. <clears throat> Sending us yeah. to alternates. We'll give you a little sample yeah. here. Uh... Our out-father. Oh, Father. This is an Aaron and Marissa podcast exclusive. Yes. yes. Well, it, it, it's not complete. We're working on it. Yeah. Work so. in progress. You so can hear it before just it's a sneak released. Peek. Yeah. It's like, Our Daddy, who art in leather, hallowed be thy pain. Thy big dong come, thy will be done. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Yeah. We're nice. Yeah. We'll get the rest yes. of But that's the kind of thing. You know, like uh, instead of Amazing Grace, it's I'm gay, not straight. Cool, cool. <laughs> Stuff like yep. that. I like that. I like, I, I'm noticing sort of a theme in all of your work is uh, taking sort of existing older things and personalizing and updating them. Yes. Well, and, and that's kind of part of the, the 
within the nerd scene itself, like science fiction and fantasy conventions, mm-hmm. there's the genre of filk, mm-hmm. which is mm-hmm. originally what it, what it was is that nerds would get together and play kind of folksy, nerdy music. And I, like the apocrypha is that some convention somewhere, they misspelled it fil- fil- filk instead of folk, and people have just been calling it filk since then. And cool. uh, a lot of filk music is, I mean, I'm sure Marissa's probably mm-hmm. familiar with this, where Definitely. they take modern or they take just music and put nerdy lyrics to it nice. mm-hmm. yeah but it's also part of the tradition of the medieval times and renaissance yeah just where you take the same tune mm-hmm. um and you just put different yeah, if, lyrics if you, if you look at most of the song most of the songs that king henry wrote mm-hmm. <laughs> they're all the same damn melody huh yeah like pretty close. just recycles the same melody over and over again changes the lyrics but mm-hmm. The man just just like I have this song I like I'm just gonna use it for everything. Yeah, and and actually you know like within um, uh, uh, Latin music and Tejano music and stuff like that, they actually still do that today, mm. where they'll take a chord progression or song structure and they'll just reuse it and put different lyrics to it. I mean, it'll be slightly different here and there. But it's really a common thing because the music that it's based off of is so old. It's, you know, uh, what is it called? Open uh, domain. Con- yeah, open domain. Yeah, it's open domain. Mm. It's like, so public you don't. Public domain. Public yeah. domain, that's it. There it is. Um, but yeah, it's like you take public domain uh, music that no longer has copyright on it and you can do whatever you want with it. Yeah. And even still, depending on how far you go with it, you can take some modern music and as long as it's, you know, under fair use and you change like 70% of it. Yeah, that's how Weird Al gets away with it. Well, he actually asked yes, permission, but, but he wouldn't requ- have he's not, to. He's not right. required to. Yeah, yeah because I believe that goes to. back to a uh, court decision. Was it a Supreme Court? Was it the Supreme yes. Court? It was, I think it was like Bruce Springsteen versus um, Two Life Crew. They did a song parody called Band in the USA. Mm-hmm. Does that sound right? Yeah. yeah. And like the Supreme Court found that that was fair to use and it mm-hmm. was not plagiarism. And no, ever since it was then, parody. parody has been considered yes. legal. And I remember Dr. Demento, mm-hmm. after that court decision, played a whole song of song parodies that he'd been barred from playing before then. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, and the biggest uh, difference, I actually looked up the parody law and mm-hmm. things like that. There's actually a fine line between parody and satire mm-hmm. and what's considered parody or satire because parody is covered under the law satire is not yep interesting so it's like if the artist who's the original artist on the piece wants to go ahead and argue that this is a satire not a parody they would have a legal case Hmm. um so they can provide evidence yeah if as long as they can prove it um but when it comes down to it quite honestly it's like we're small potatoes nobody's going to come after us for anything uh, (laughs) the the other musical group that i'm with one of the reasons why they started singing renaissance and medieval music is so damn old Mm. there's no copyright on it they never have to worry about totally record stuff Mm -hmm. because i mean anything that we record that's relatively modern we might actually have to go and get rights for and Mm. gotta pay for that and uh, yeah, nobody got no time for that. And on top of that, early music is awesome. Yes. Personally, I prefer Renaissance music to classical music. Ooh. Um, so in other words, you you enjoy like the, the music of the people as opposed to of the bourgeoisie. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> because that's the only difference between class, quote unquote, classical music 
and Renaissance fair type music. The Renaissance fair type music is the music of the people, of the common folk. Mm -hmm. Music you get drunk to. Yes, exactly. It's the stuff that they sang around the fire because that was their entertainment. They didn't have technology. You know, technology mm -hmm. was, ooh, look, we've got fire. You know, <laughs> mm -hmm. so they, they did different things to keep themselves entertained. So it was not uncommon that if you had the ability and could afford an instrument, you would play an instrument. You would have a large community come together to play music and sing together just because there wasn't anything else to do except, you know. Screw. Bob. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So basically, yeah. So that's it. So if you're not screwing, you're singing. And it, it really is a, a wonderful way to look at the music when you say, I can go ahead and I can make this my own. And there are so many artists today who do run fair folk music, stuff like that, who will go ahead and borrow from the traditional, you know, uh, groups of music because they don't have to. It's like, um, a group called Nickel Creek. Uh, they actually... I think they're called Nickelback. No, that's a different one. <laughs> <laughs> Which, I, don't be hating. I actually do kind of like Nickelback. I, I know everybody thinks so. they suck. Oh. But no, Nickel Creek is actually is like a guy who is a mandolin prodigy, a woman who is amazing on violin, and a fellow who plays good bass. Three of them and amazing harmonies. And they actually took several... Um, traditional songs, one of them that we actually play called The Fox. Um, and they're all like old English, old Welsh uh, songs. And they just updated them a little bit and added in their own touches that, but they're so beautiful to sing because they have deep, rich musical structures that allow for you to play with them. Nice. Mm -hmm. So if people would like to see you live, where are what are some chances they'll have soon to uh, to see you perform live? Um, we are actually licensed Chicago street performers. Nice. Yes, Woo! we we got our licenses just uh, around the time the Chris Kindle market was happening. Cool. So so the our our first street gig was literally playing in the street over by the Chris Crindle Mart, like not more than 10 minutes after, after we, we got, got our, our licenses. Nice. <laughs> Wasting like, no got time. Got our licenses. Yeah. Let's go. Excellent. Yep. <laughs> I think we made like 15 bucks in that hour. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah. And, and, and for us, it's like, it gives us a chance to actually like even work out some of our music, just it's, playing out. It's literally experimenting in the street. Yeah. And you know, Hey, if we can make a few bucks while we're at it, that's awesome. Yeah. And uh, I know um, C2E2 is coming up in, mm -hmm. in uh, April mm -hmm. and <laughs> I mean, we can't play in McCormick place, but we can play just outside of it. Yes, there are actually, when we got our licenses, there are actually some very specific places we are not allowed to play. Interesting. For anybody. Yeah, 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 it's like there, there's like Millennium Park uh, on, on Michigan, Michigan Avenue, Avenue north, north of Superior. Of Superior. Um, mm -hmm. And then like the Jackson Corridor when there's concerts happening in Grant Park. Mm. So, yeah, but McCormick Place, no, yeah, we're good. Like once, once, nice. it gets, once it gets nice out, like, oh, like because I'm I'm unemployed right now. I don't have a civilian job. I still have my Navy drill weekends. Mm -hmm. But while she's at work in the loop, I'll probably hang out over by the the food trucks that are just nice. around there. Play, you know, she'll mm -hmm. she'll be on her lunch break. We'll go out there and we'll just try and make some money. Mm -hmm. So you'll probably see us around in the loop. You know, we might even try experimenting with going over by the theater district and, mm -hmm. you know, play some show tunes over by when the people get out for Hamilton. Yeah. But I mean, if you're nice. looking for a specific place to find us, um, 
chances are we'll be playing outside the front of the Cormac Place at C2E2 yep. uh, when that rolls around in April. We're also, you know, if cool. go ahead and check us out on Facebook. If we plan to hit an open mic or something like that, we'll post I'm it there. I'm checking out so the dates can... right now for when C2E2 is. I know it's April. I think it's, it's like the second weekend yeah. in April. And, um, and, you know, we, we've auditioned for various events, various things. We haven't heard back from some of them. We're hoping that we'll get those. Right. I mean, I know for sure it's not the only guaranteed gig I have on the books right now is in October in New Glarus, Wisconsin, for a gathering of ruffians and rogues. Um, but I've got tacit uh, approval from different uh, uh, entertainment directors from other fairs, but since I don't have a signed contract yet, I'm not going to be All right. <laughs> advertising For those that listening, C2E2 is going to be happening April 21st through the 23rd. Okay. So, yeah. So, you'll probably be able to find us out there uh, in front of McCormick Place, you know, hat out, playing, probably in give some kind money of fun costume. And give us go, money. Go to the ATM. Get some sing. Oh, well, you'll you'll get a twenty, but make sure you go break that. You can go <laughs> or to just one of the concessions. Put a twenty set. in there. Oh, oh, yeah, or put, just put a twenty in there. I'm fine with that. I'm like, Come yeah. On. Why are you trying? To- <laughs> <laughs> Don't give us too much money. We're not that good. Well, excuse me for having realistic standards. <laughs> Admittedly, that's give like, that money and then give us money. There you go. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I could shake my ass and that would be worth twenty bucks. You can shove that, <laughs> that in my t-shirt. That is a money or a free maker. product. We'll take free product. Are you licensed to do that on the streets of Chicago? You know, hey. yes. You know why? Why? Because if you read what our license says, all it says is street performer. Ah. So that leaves it to our interpretation, as long as it is not an outwardly lewd and lascivious act, particularly geared toward a child, we're all right. <laughs> so not in a Chuck E. Cheese. Not in a Chuck E. Cheese, no. At least not with Marissa. Oh my God. So we're going to hear one more song from the courtesan and the cabin boy. Um, what song is this and what can you tell us about it? It's, um, uh, I mentioned Thomas Ravens, uh, Thomas Ravenscroft. Um, this one is uh, uh, there were three ravens. Uh, this one is actually based on a uh, was based on a Scottish poem called Twa Corbys. And I mean, if you can read like old Scottish, it's confusing. But they translated it into English, and this is the one of the songs. The version that we sing is uh, in an adaptation of the Peter Paul and Mary version, but it's also. Um, taking different lyrics from the original um, because I sang this with uh, another group of mine, but we sang the, the, the verse structure a lot differently. Mm-hmm. But, you know, like we said, that this is kind of one of those things that's the song of the people. And um, yeah. I mean, yeah. And what we found with this particularly too, is that along with other pieces that we sang, but this piece in particular, I think our vocal blend yes. is such that, we don't really have to try that hard. <laughs> we, we, our, our vocal blend came so quickly that like, yeah. what people would take years to achieve, we achieved in like months. Yeah, it's like we first started just experimentally playing together musically. <laughs> Let me phrase that. Musically playing together. Well, in, I mean, we did that too. too. Yes. In May of last year. So May 2016, um, technically we founded the group. Our first performance in front of a live audience on a stage was uh, at a benefit for New American Folk Theater, part of their cabaret series. And nice. that was in September of last year. September. Yeah, it was September. Oh, go on. It was that late. 
Um, but the thing is, it's like from May to September, it's like we did do some other things. It's like and that then, was our first And then October stage. was our first Renaissance Fair, yes. Milton Ruffians. Mm-hmm. And then in December, we were, you know, doing a private house party where we had actually written the music for Krampus. And we had gotten mm. our licenses to Thrill. Yes. And performing on the street at that point. And, you know, moving forward, we've been continuing to, you know, like develop what we're doing, try and broaden what we're doing. And even still, it's like it's more like trying to keep up with all the great ideas and keep focused mm-hmm. enough to I mean, get them down. We started recording the first album already. Nice. Um, so it's like we've already got several tracks down on that. We have another session planned for more. And then I think one more session after that, we'll have our first album down. Awesome. Nice. But, you know, Excellent. if somebody came up to us and said, I need a show in five minutes, we can give them a 30 minute set. No problem. Yeah. Very cool. Excellent. Very cool. So that's it for this episode. Uh, sending us off is the courtesan and the cabin boy performing. What's the name of the song again? Three Ravens. Three Ravens by the Courtesan and the Cabin Boy. Until next time, uh, please listen. Same podcast. This is it's a horrible transition. <laughs> Way to go, Aaron. <laughs> Way to blow the ending. Rewind. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> listen to us next time. Same fuck. <laughs> Yes, same fuck. I'm done with that. Same fuck. (laughs) (laughs) Same bat time. Same bat podcast. There were three ravens sat on a tree. Down a down, hey down, hey down. They were as black as they might be with a down. One turned and said to his mate, Where shall we our breakfast take? With a down, derry, 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 down, down, down in yonder green field, down a down, hey down, hey down, there lies a knight slain under his shield with a down. His hounds they lie down at his feet So well the master they do keep With a down, 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 down Down there goes his fellow doe Down a down, hey down, hey down as great with young as she might go with a down. She goes to lift his bloody head and kiss the wounds that were so red with a down. Derry, 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 down, down. She buried him before the prime Down a down, hey down, hey down She was dead herself ever even sometime With a down God sent every gentleman Such hawks, such hounds and such men with a down, derry, 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 down, down. With a down, derry, 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 down, down.